nyanyanya pa mba babwe zimbabwe <coughs> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch to Progressive today. Santa ski, slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving. I don't want to take advice from fools. You always won every time you place the bet. Welcome to the OffshoreInsiders.com sports betting simulcast. In previous years, my uh, podcasts and videos have really been based on the old-fashioned days where I did the score phone, so it was really by myself where I would do, you know, maybe three to seven to ten-minute monologues and do the previews. But quite frankly, especially with the positive SCOTUS ruling, want to do a lot more guest-oriented ones. And speaking of the score phones, that elderly gentleman here on the split screen is someone I've known since the score phone days. I've known him for 30 years, long before these inner tubes existed, long before there was an offshoreinsiders.com. Like I said, when I met him about 35 years ago, he was only in his mid-50s, and I work with him on the score phones, the dial sports score phones, then the free score, well, no, I'm sorry, then the, yeah, the free, the free score phones, which were your city's affiliated score phones, where you didn't have to pay that uh, 900 charge, and then the old free scoreboard days, a person who's also on his own now, Oscar Charles Dooley of OCDooley.com. And like I said, I've done some uh, videos and podcasts and still will continue to do them with Sportsbook Review. But I guess you're going to be my first guest on the OffshoreInsiders.com simulcast. Oscar Charles Dooley, how does it feel to be part of history? I'll tell you what, I am very, very honored to be with you. This, this goes back not only to our score phone days, but we did pregame tailgate parties where we previewed sports, every single sport. And Oscar is correct. In fact, really, the videos and podcasts I do are based on those tailgate party uh, reports. So Oscar and I, we were the co-founders of that. But now we're finally, many years later, bringing it to YouTube and Periscope and podcasts and all that good stuff. By the way, Oscar and I, we're going to preview the SEC, from a sports betting standpoint, this is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code Duffy for the maximum sign-up bonus. You will get a 50% sign-up bonus if you use the promo code Duffy. Most importantly, you will get paid on time every single solitary time within 48 hours. They're one of the top sports books in the world. Well, Oscar, if we're going to do a preview of the SEC, of course, you always have to start with Alabama. They are plus 115 to win the SEC title. Of course, the big story there is with Ty Tagovailoa. He is the probable starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts. They wouldn't lose at Alabama. The only problem is he was slowed down a little bit by Georgia, of course, in the uh, first half of that national championship game. Then Nick Saban made the change with uh, Tagovailoa at the half. Clearly, he's the much more athletic quarterback. There's still, I think, a as one of your favorite words, going to be a de facto quarterback battle. I don't think the Alabama quarterback position has been decided yet, but they've got two great options. Uh, clearly, though, the young uh, Hawaiian who's been compared to Marcus Mariota, his fellow Hawaiian, is the more athletic. He's got the upside, but with Jalen Hurts, 
He's got that enormous strength, and we know that Nick Saban hates facing those up-tempo teams that are becoming more and more commonplace, even in the old SEC. Of course, the best way to really uh, battle those high-powered offenses is to keep them off of the field and with the enormous strength of Jalen Hurts, who can keep plays alive with that brute strength. He was great at that, uh, but, you know, obviously with Tagovaiola with the much more upside, he's got a deep group of wide receivers, of course, Alabama being deep, that's almost, you know, a redundant there. But Devontae Smith, Henry Huggs, Jerry Judy, running back Damian Harris does return for his senior year. Uh, yeah, they, they did lose Scarborough, but, you know, he's, he's got uh, Harris has 2,197 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns in three seasons, about half of his yards and 11 of his touchdowns were last year. Oscar, is there any reason why Alabama should not be the favorite to win the SEC? Absolutely not. They've won five titles in nine seasons. They have the depth. They have the best recruiting. It, it's going to be interesting because you are starting to see some Nick Saban protégés coming into the SEC, which we will deal with later in this podcast. But I see absolutely no reason not to favor Alabama, even though it is going to be interesting. One of his protégés, like Kirby Smart, very, very solid recruiting class. And obviously, Alabama met Georgia in the title game last year. I would agree with you, Oscar, that Kirby Smart, you know, it used to be that Alabama was the, the poster child of they don't rebuild, they reload. But you got Clemson, or as you like to call them, Clemson. And, of course, <laughs> Kirby Smart at Georgia. They, it now looks like there are three teams that look like they are going to annually uh, re, reload rather than simply rebuild. And, yeah, at the University of Alabama especially, it's not – so much uh, who they lost, but who they have coming back. And there's always a great recruiting class. And year after year, Nick Saban has top five. So they're loaded at every single position. Uh, one of the things that Oscar and I have disagreed with over the years, I always say you're going to win championships with defense as long as you have a great offense. Now, Nick Saban's one of those few only because he's got all pro, you know future all pros, all Americans at every position and guys who are pro prospects at just about every position. Uh, Alabama is one of the few teams that doesn't have to have a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, but now that they do have a legitimate one, you know, de depending on how he can do over the long run. We know in the second half against Georgia, he certainly was, but Alabama, if they've got a, a legitimate Heisman candidate at quarterback, they've got to be the overwhelming favorites to say the least. And Oscar, Charles Dooley, on the OffshoreInsiders.com podcast, you do, did mention University of Georgia. Of course, this time last year, and Oscar, like me, lives in the Atlanta metropolitan area. Of course, you know, listening to sports talk, you can use the Internet. You can listen to sports talk anywhere. But I know that you know, here where they talk recruiting and they talk college football in the offseason, both of the all-sports stations here I think we're trying to create a quarterback controversy that didn't really exist. It was Jake Fromm and, of course, Jacob Eason. And I said, look, Jacob Eason was going to be the starting quarterback on opening day. There was no quarterback controversy. Then, of course, Jacob Eason wound up getting hurt in that contest. Jake Fromm was spectacular in the quarterback controversy that they tried to manufacture last year in the offseason, wound up existing. Well, Jake Fromm does return, obviously, as a, a proven quarterback. But remember, they've got J Justin Fields, who's spectacular. So Kirby Smart has already, well, he didn't uh, recruit Eason, but he was able to keep Eason, obviously. 
once the coaching change was made. And uh, since he's been here, Kirby Smart has already landed a four-star recruit and a five-star recruit. But the University of Georgia may or may not have a quarterback controversy. I do think it's it's a very legitimate question. Who will be starting on opening day? Justin Fields didn't commit to the University of Georgia, and he wasn't recruited to come in here and sit on the bench, but still going to be tough to knock Jake Fromm out of that number one spot. You know, I, I did say that Georgia is one of these teams that reloads. It's still they need one more year under Kirby Smart to truly have, you know, the full recruiting cycle, but they do have a lot of talent back, but they will be minus Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, uh, Javon Wims is gone. So a lot of talent is gone, but the kid DeAndre Swift was tremendous uh, for Georgia when he did make a couple appearances. So it looks like they have a stud running back. And now that Sims is going to or Swift is going to see the ball on a uh, regular basis. Plus, you know, they've got this freshman, Zamir White, James, they joined the fray. Oscar, I know you love offensive linemen. Uh, Georgia does have uh, some offensive linemen back. That's supposed to be the strength of their team, where last year it was a weakness of their team. Then again, when they had great skill position players playing behind them, all of a sudden that weakness became a strength. But lots of losses on defense. So Georgia did lose a lot of talent, but they are the uh, favorites in the East and plus 300 to win the uh, division. Are we going to see a rematch of of the SEC championship game? There's a possibility we could see a rematch. Let me, let me just interrupt you, Oscar. I was sorry. The, the, the SEC championship game was actually Auburn, but the rematch of the national championship game could be in the SEC championship game. But go ahead, Oscar. Sorry to interrupt you. Right. That's a, it, it's a, everyone expects it to be Alabama against Georgia again this year. And it's interesting, though, when you take a look at those two teams, they both have key losses at just about every level. Alabama has to replace their entire starting secondary. But, again, with recruiting, with the popularity of the SEC, with the SEC's marriage with ESPN, with the SEC network, these big schools can reload very, very quickly. It is very, very special. You mentioned the Atlanta area that loves college football. So the resurgence of the Georgia Bulldogs program is a very, very big deal in the Atlanta area. And it is interesting Georgia Tech at one time, from the Atlanta area, used to be an SEC member school. So college football is very, very big in the areas that that you mentioned. The the program, though, that intrigues me, Joe, is Texas A&M. And the biggest thing with college football is the coaching, the recruiting that comes with popular coaches. And obviously, the biggest signing in the offseason was – Jimbo Fisher going from Florida State to Texas A&M. And it's interesting because if you go back to 2017, the very beginning of the season, the preseason rankings, the number one rank was Alabama, Nick Saban. The number two rank was Florida State. Now, obviously, we had the quarterback injury in the the Chick-fil-A kickoff game last year that ruined Florida State's season. But Jimbo Fisher is one of these elite head coaches. There are not many. You have Nick Saban, you have Urban Meyer, you have Dabo Sweeney, and you have Jimbo Fisher. These are current FBS coaches that won a national championship. There are not many. And Texas A&M, not only did they land Jimbo Fisher, an amazing 10-year, $75 million contract, but but here's here's the big thing about Texas A&M. They actually were the trigger point for college realignment. 
college sports in both football and basketball completely changed when Texas A&M complained that the Texas Longhorns had an unfair advantage when the Longhorns created the Longhorn Network with ESPN, gave them 24-7 advertising, and Texas A&M said that is unfair. They ended up in the SEC. Missouri ended up in the SEC, and Missouri almost immediately was successful. And from a wagering standpoint, I think that's the team to watch this year in the SEC. Not Missouri. It's Texas A&M. And I, I, I like to talk about coaching a lot. Not only did Texas A&M land Jimbo Fisher, but they also hired a defensive coordinator away from Notre Dame. His name is Mike Elko, and he is receiving one of the biggest contracts for an assistant coach. Three years at $1.8 million. Really upset the head coach of Notre Dame that he lost his defensive coordinator. But think about this. Notre Dame went from a 4-8 team two years ago to 10-3. Big, big jump. They went from number 61 in the nation in points allowed to number 31. So you take a look at that, and basically, because of Mike Elko, the defense improved a full touchdown per game. Now, when you're talking about wagering, that is a very, very big deal. So you have the offensive guru in Jimbo Fisher, the new head coach at Texas A&M. You have probably, I think one could argue, the best assistant coach hire in the entire offseason with Mike Elko, who goes from Notre Dame to Texas A&M. I am expecting a lot of big things from Texas A&M. And one of the big players, I think, to look at with the Aggies this year is Trayvon Williams. Because here was a, a four-star recruit from the state of Texas. Now, the state of Texas absolutely loves high school football. So he was a high school football star. As a freshman in 2016, he gained nearly seven yards per carry, and he was just a breakout runner. Then last year, because of a lot of injuries, basically Williams faded from the national scope. But I think he's the 2018 Heisman candidate that nobody is talking about. Steep decline last year, and I think he is undervalued. And Texas A&M is the team from a wagering standpoint that I'd be looking very, very closely at in the SEC. All right, Oscar. All right, we'll, we'll jump ahead there. Uh, they are plus 1,500 at mybookie.ag, using that promo code of Duffy to get the maximum uh, maximum sign-up bonus, and you always get paid on time. Yeah, Texas A&M uh, with Jimbo Fisher was obviously a big signing, but Jimbo Fisher may be the poster child of how you're such a great coach once you have a tremendous quarterback. Florida State was among the favorites last year to win the national championship. Then DeAndre Francois went down, and we saw the big difference. And, you know, the truth is Jimbo Fisher, since he has, you know, ever since Jameis Winston left, you know, he, he's been okay. Uh, his exact record, I think he's, he's hit, you know, he's won about 80% of his plays, but that's not really what they expect there. Uh, and I'm talking about straight up, but really hasn't done all that much since losing Jameis Winston in Texas A&M. Kind of the poster child where, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, Texas A&M, when they came into the SEC, they had Johnny Football and they shocked the world. They even beat Alabama. And then all of a sudden, you know, Johnny Football left and they had the kid Thrill Hill, who looked like he was going to be a bigger, a bigger stronger version of Texas, uh, of uh, Johnny Football, that is. But then he turned out to maybe not be quite that caliber. 
Then all of a sudden, uh, Texas A&M, they did stop winning. But yeah, Texas A&M is a pretty decent dark horse. We'll see if if uh, Jimbo Fisher can do a good job recruiting down there. He does have redshirt sophomore Nick Stark will work with the quarterback. He's got an upside, and maybe Jimbo can certainly um, can certainly you know turn him into an All-American candidate. Texas A&M, I think, I kind of agree with you, Oscar Charles Dooley. Texas A&M, they're a baptism by fire team. They're going to start out with a very, as you like to say, brutal schedule. The two of the first four games are at Clemson and then hosting Alabama. They'll probably get the rear end slapped around a little bit, but they'll be a little bit undervalued, and because they do have a, a young team, they'll get better as the year goes on. So I wouldn't be surprised if Texas A&M is a very good second-half team, and I don't mean second half better. I mean, second half of the season, they get better really starting with uh, game five because they will definitely have that baptism by fire to say the least. Now, Oscar, you should be happy though. They've got 18 of their top 20 tacklers back. So maybe there'll be a team that, that starts out as an under team. And then as their offense gets a little bit better with baptism by fire, maybe there'll be an under team early in the year. And I'm talking about under on a game by game basis, not over under as far as wins are concerned, but maybe there'll be kind of a low-scoring team early in the year, and then as the season goes on, you know, then they, their value drops, and then they became they become an over-team. But, yeah, I do think they're pretty interesting from a betting standpoint as well, Oscar. But, you know, Jimbo Fisher, he'll be a great uh, coach as long as he's got a star quarterback. It's amazing, Jimbo Fisher. You just take a look at the entire SEC conference. You have six brand-new head coaches, and – uh I think one of them to look at, obviously, is Jimbo Fisher. And another one to look at is with Mississippi State, with, with Joe Moorhead. You know, Moorhead's an amazing story because he actually won playoff games with Fordham. Fordham University, I'm talking about, which is, which is very, very impressive. But in two years, he turned a pedestrian Penn State offense into a juggernaut. And he obviously is the brand-new coach in Mississippi State. Mississippi State was already a quality program. They had a quality head coach in Dan Mullen. Mullen obviously has gone to Florida now. But you look at Mississippi State, you've got 16 returning starters, including two of the SEC's top defensive linemen. Now, Joe, I know you're making a face where I'm talking about defense, but when Mississippi State, Dan Mullen had a great offense there. But when you have two of the SEC's top defensive linemen returning and you have a head coach that I would like to call adaptable, that makes me look at Mississippi State as another sleeper team that probably will adapt very, very quickly to a coaching change. All right, Oscar. Now, I'm just wondering what's there What's there for lunch? What are you making me uh, there for lunch in the background? We're going <laughs> to we're we're touch on, on the other teams, Oscar, Mississippi State. So, you know, let's not – Get too far ahead of ourselves. But, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Auburn. I very, very, very briefly dissed you before I corrected myself. Of course, it was Auburn that was in the SEC championship game last year. They beat Georgia very soundly during the regular season. But then all, or, uh, Georgia got the revenge, of course, in the SEC cha- championship game. They are plus 700 at uh, mybookie.ag. Uh, and, you know, they do have Jared Stidham who a tremendous uh, transfer from Baylor. He loves to throw the ball. Uh, with Ryan Davis, they have among the better pass-catching duos in the nation, but they did lose a lot of talent. A running back on Johnson, a, a heck of a, a running back, is going. Uh, four offensive linemen going. Now, of course, you know, the truth is, last year, 
they really struggled to run other than with carry on Johnson. So their offensive line wasn't necessarily, you know, one of the better in the SEC other than when they were handing the ball off to carry on Johnson. Still, though, you know, they're, they're, they are uh, going to have a lot of new talent there on the uh, offensive line. Auburn, look, I think Auburn's going to be one-dimensional. They're probably a team that's going to live or die off of their, their pass catch, uh, that uh, one of the better pass catch combos in the entire country. I think they're probably going to be predictably unpredictable. If Auburn, Auburn looks awful one game, I can see them bouncing back and looking good another game. I think Auburn might be one of the, you know, I'm not really a big live better, but I think Auburn might be one of those teams you want to keep on in live betting that when they're, they're you know, they got a big lead, maybe bet against them in the uh, live betting. And, and when they're, you know, trailing, maybe bet with them because, I, you know, I can see that Auburn is going to, at one point, they're going to look like, a true contender, and then at a, another game, they're going to look awful. I'm not a big fan of being one-dimensional in the SEC. That being said, they should be able to score a lot of points in the air, and probably, if anything, they're uh, going to have a lot of high totals early in the season, Mr. Dooley. Oh, absolutely, especially with that head coach, Gus Malzone. I'll tell you something very interesting with Auburn. They had both Alabama and Georgia at home last year. This year... They have them both on the road. So that may change, in my mind, Auburn's overall record. It, it, it may be a little bit skewed this year. I would expect Auburn to do very, very well out of the gate, though. We're uh, talking uh, Oscar Dooley, O.C. Dooley of OCDooley.com, the offshoreinsiders.com simulcast, and we are previewing the SEC. Well, Oscar, I know you're always, always in such a hurry to talk about more head and uh, you want to talk about Mississippi State with their coach, Moorhead, probably your, your all-time favorite coach. Uh, 16 starters returning from a 9-4 and four team, led by quarterback Nick Fitzgerald. Certainly, uh, you know, a, a heck of a player, one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC, stud defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons and Monte Sweat. Uh, they're, they're, they're very good on defense on the interior, very strong front seven. They are plus 10,000 to win the SEC um, at uh, mybookie.ag. You, you already pretty much touched on them, but, yeah, they're, they're definitely star-oriented. And, yeah, with, with, you know, Joe Moorhead, we'll see these new coaches. Usually there's a certain element of surprise, uh, you know, the, from a scouting standpoint when you're looking at game film. It's a lot easier at looking at game film from a coach who's back with his team, so maybe he could catch some teams uh, off guard a little bit earlier on in the year, and if Nick Fitzgerald can can stay healthy, they can, they're a team that's going to pull off an upset or two. You know, I, I think Mississippi State is the team in the state of Mississippi to look at, and they have a totally different situation than the Ole Miss Rebels because the Ole Miss Rebels basically have been under NCAA investigation for six years. The NCAA has been on their campus for six years, They've been very, very defensive. This goes back to the days when Hugh Freeze was their head coach. Actually, you know what? Hugh Freeze, I, I, I was actually alluding to Houston Nutt. It goes back to the days when Houston Nutt was the head coach. But Hugh Freeze's downfall at Mississippi, he was an outstanding head coach. And obviously, off the field factors uh, were his downfall. But if you're looking at the two teams in Mississippi, definitely Mississippi State is the team to look at. Well, clearly, you freeze like you was a little bit too interested in more head, but that's another story altogether. <laughs> and I just hope, 
that ESPN doesn't doesn't cause his uh, death. Florida, plus 1,200. Dan Mullen is, of course, the new head coach there. A tremendous offensive mind. You know, we, we saw where Will Muschamp there had great defenses. And like I said, Will Muschamp, another, another perfect example of, yeah, if, you know, winning begins with defense unless your offense sucks. And Muschamp was never really able to have much of a defense or much of an offense there. He always had a great defense, and that's why he wound up elsewhere. We'll talk about him, you know, Muschamp in a moment, where all of a sudden at South Carolina, maybe he does have at least an adequate offense. But, you know, I like the direction Florida's headed in. They, they brought in a heck of a, an offensive head coach, Jim McElvain. He seemed to have the team headed in the right direction until he started laying down with Dolphins or whatever, and that, that was a whole bizarre story there, but, you know, then McIlvain probably would have been back if it weren't for some of those off-field distractions and that weird tweet where he claimed that he was getting death threats or or something like that, or I guess it was an interview. I think he said at a press conference he was getting death threats, but, you know, still, I think McIlvain, yeah, he he had a bad year last year, but I think he would have survived if not for some of the bizarre stuff he did. They need their true freshman, Emory Jones, to step up a quarterback uh, you know, with P. Ryan and Davis, they're very strong at the running game. Their their defense lost only two key players. So, really, if Emory Jones can step up at quarterback, Florida might actually be a pretty decent dark horse team. I think they're a by-low team. I definitely agree with that. I mean, when you have Dan Bolin as the head coach, and his background basically is offense, the Gators averaged 22 points per game last year, extremely low. So the coaching hire, in my opinion, is huge. And then on the other side of the football, the Gators already own one of the SEC's top defensive backfields and defensive lines. And David Reese will probably push for all SEC honors at linebacker. So the defense is already in place. You have an offensive-oriented head coach. I think the schedule is also very, very big for the Gators because they have only three SEC conference games on the road and that is huge because think about it joe florida does not have to leave the sunshine state after october the 13th unless of course we have hurricane postponements which tends to be the case every year in the very early part of september but the schedule works out for the florida gators and the head coaching works out for them and they're a by low candidate in my opinion well, a former uh, co-worker of ours during our Dial Sports days had told me that Oscar is the only person who VCRs the Weather Channel and then go home <laughs> and watches it. But maybe you ought to watch it live this year, and you can tell us if these uh, hurricanes are coming, although we'll get pretty good coverage of that. The, uh, you know, your beloved media, whether it's not just the sports, but, you know, the regular media, they'll let us know if those hurricanes are coming. But, yeah, Florida... Ever since Urban Meyer left, their problem has not been a a lack of defense. Their problem has been getting an offense, and I think Dan Mullen will um, certainly address that. And like I said, he's got the running back talent, and he's got a quarterback with an upside. So I do think they will be a pretty good bet. Uh, Oscar, LSU at plus 1,500. It's the type of team that you love. Totally built on defense. You know, they, they don't have too many question marks on defense, but they do have some on offense. I think this is going to be one of those teams that, you know, their defense is going to spend a lot of time on the field. If there's a trend to look for, maybe LSU will be pretty good at the beginning of the year. The defense can keep them in the games, and I just think that defense is going to get worn down. And you talk about looking at the weather, especially here, you know, the heat here in the the deep south and especially in the swamp down there in Baton Rouge. So, yeah, I just think that uh, 
LSU's defense is going to spend so much time on the field that they're probably going to be one of the better defenses early in the year, wear down as the year goes on. So, you know, maybe, you know, going with the big underdog and under early in the year and perhaps the over and, you know, fading LSU, especially if LSU covers as an underdog early in the year and they look like they're a very competitive team that maybe they will become a little bit overvalued. I think, you know, maybe the over late in the season. But look, Oscar, this is the type of team you love. These teams that are definitely going to win or, you know, they're going to live or die with their defense. One of the very few SEC teams, LSU, that did not go through the infamous coaching change this year. So it's going to be very, very interesting. What I'm looking for with LSU is, obviously, they made this big splash with the offensive coordinator last year with Matt Canada. And now he's gone. He's gone to Maryland. So... You're, you're kind of rebooting early in the season. So, as you said, it's going to be very interesting late in the year to see what LSU does. And, and of course, LSU stars over the years, Darius Geis, Leonard Fournette, they're both cashing NFL paychecks. So, there are a lot of question marks with LSU, even though you take a look at them, they're probably number five in the SEC behind Mississippi State. Possibly, you could argue that. And obviously, we talked about Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn. LSU on reputation is ranked high. But as you said, they may have some problems out of the gate and develop later in the season. Missouri at plus 2,000 at mybookie.ag. Maybe a little bit like an Auburn team. They finished strong last year, winning six of their last seven straight up. Uh, you know, a quarterback, Drew Locke, is a very good player. He's an NFL prospect. Demaria Crockett. And uh, Emmanuel Hall, they do have a solid group of wide receivers. Do they have the balance to, you know, be a dark horse candidate? I don't think so, but they're probably another one of those teams that I like to call predictably unpredictable. If they look really good one week, they look impressive one week, and then they're big favorites the next week, maybe fade them. Then if they look terrible one week and they're playing a quality team where they're an underdog, maybe go with them. I do think Missouri's a, a team, the way they're built, they're going to win some games that they should lose, but I think they're going to lose some games that they should win because, you know, they, as I said, they've got pretty good passing games. They don't have a lot of balance. Yeah, and they lost a legendary head coach. And we talked before when I was talking about Texas A&M, how Missouri came into the SEC and were gangbusters. So obviously Missouri can have a recruiting edge, but they do not have the same coaching as in prior years. What Missouri season is going to come down to is defense because they allowed on average 32 points per game. Drew Locke led all college football, I believe, with 44 touchdown passes. So obviously they can score, but can they improve on allowing opposing teams to score 32 points per game? And that probably has Missouri arguably, if you take a look at all the teams in the nation, just barely in the top 50. All right, South Carolina, Will Muschamp, as I said, he's one of these guys who maybe was better as a coordinator than a head coach, but now that this could be his breakout year. Had a, uh, you know, a great defense last year, typical Will Muschamp. Offense was a little bit better, it was 9-4, and four, which, you know, look, he, he, whether it's the SEC East or the SEC West, that's still fairly impressive. Uh, he's got all his skilled position players back, so a rare chance where, Mil, where Will Muschamp is going to have a, a pretty good offense. You know, I know down there in Florida they had the uh, 
you know, it was a left-handed quarterback, was the athlete, and wound up getting kicked off of the team and wound up at uh, one of your favorite Louisiana schools, as you would <laughs> like to say. But, you know, he had the athletic quarterback there for a while. Then he had some, some off-the-field problems. But Muschamps never really had um, much of an offense uh, down there. But the, now, well, as a head coach, whether it was at South Carolina or Florida, but now, you know, maybe he does. Uh, they're, they're down two starters from a line that was, that was porous, but the guys returning – Kind of that baptism by fire, so hopefully their offensive line will be a little bit better. They're going to be losing a bunch of bodies on defense with seven contributors going. So this is maybe, you know, a little bit different where Will Muschamp in the past has had some great defenses and so-so offenses. But now, you know, a case where Muschamp, maybe the strength of his team is on offense. So, you know, at times, sometimes the uh, the lines and the totals can be based more on reputation. So... Maybe South Carolina early in the year is going to have pretty good value as an over where they've been involved in their share of low-scoring games. But maybe, you know, some, some totals will be artificially low to start out the season. I'll tell you what, Joe. I like South Carolina to go over the wins total for the season, over seven wins. And I believe their over-under last year was five-and-a-half wins. And you talked a lot about Will Muschamp. I mean, look at what he had to deal with in South Carolina because Steve Spurrier pretty much left that program in shambles. And in a very, very brief period of time, South Carolina has been lifted. There are two key players that I'm going to be looking at with South Carolina this year that got hurt very early in 2017. And as I always like to talk about, overvalued and undervalued teams, players, coaches. Well, take a look at the star wide receiver and special teams player from South Carolina, Debo Samuel. He scored five touchdowns in the initial pair of games. And then he broke his leg during game three. So he is back in the fold. And then you have a senior linebacker, Brian Allen Williams, who suffered a season-ending injury in the same game. Week number three last year, he had 10 tackles, two sacks, a quarterback hurry. He, he had a pass breakup. He had one interception in a very, very limited amount of time. Now, he was granted a red shirt. In fact, Alan Williams probably could have gone to the NFL and declared early. He decided to come back. So these are two returning players that I think are just going to rise the stock of a South Carolina team that already brings back eight starters on offense. They've got a, a ton of defensive returning starters. I just think South Carolina is on the uptick. I like uh, what I'm seeing there. I'm not a big money line guy in uh, college football, but I do agree with, with Oscar where they're a team that could pull off uh, some upsets and they're going to be very dangerous as an underdog. You're on the offshoreinsiders.com simulcast with Oscar Charles Dooley of ocdooley.com is my special guest brought to you by mybookie.ag. Please use that promo code Duffy, D-U-F-F-Y. Not only will you get the largest sign-up bonus and you're always going to get paid on time even if you don't use the promo code, but it shows your support for these videos and podcasts, it says you want more of them. Arkansas plus 5,000, you know, essentially they've got some good young talent on both sides of the ball, but it's very raw. I think this is a team that's going to get blown out early unless, you know, their, their confidence is extremely destroyed. I think, you know, as the year goes on, they're going to likely be a big underdog in quite a few games. I think they, they could be a dangerous underdog, you know, again, starting with, you know, game five, game six, game seven, as the year goes on at plus uh, 5,000, they're not going to, they're not going to be the Cinderella team, but I, I look for them to be 
pretty dangerous as an underdog if they can use this baptism by fire because they'll be a pretty big underdog, as I said, late in the year. And maybe that's kind of the trend that I look for Arkansas. Yeah, the Arkansas, the expectations are very, very low. And you might want to steal taking points with them early in the season before any of us really know what Arkansas is going to be. We talked about the head coaches in the SEC. There have been six head coaching changes, and Arkansas is one of them. And Arkansas is probably one of the lowest-rated teams in the SEC this year. So uh, not much is going to be expected of a program that not all that long ago was a real force. Ole Miss, uh, I think you alluded to them earlier. They're plus 5,000. They do have A.J. Brown, one of the better wide receivers in the country. I'm not one of these people that fall in love with size. D.K. Metcalf, a lot of people are really excited because he will cause some matchup problems at uh, six foot four inches. But the truth is, if size were that important, then, then every team would have wide receivers that are that big. But still, Ole Miss does you know, have some pretty good offensive players. Um, they did lose Jordan Wilkins, though as a running back, so they're not going to be as balanced. But, yeah, maybe Ole Miss is yet another one of these teams because they don't have the ability to be high-powered. They don't have a lot of balance. Uh, They need to improve their run defense for sure. Uh, But, again, an explosive offense, not much beyond that. Not a balanced offense, an explosive one. And, Oscar, you and I have talked over the years. There's a big difference. You know, if people simply look at the number of points put on the board, people are going to think maybe Ole Miss has a pretty good offense. But, no, they – you need to have a nice balanced offense the way that, you know, Alabama is just the opposite. Alabama may not have looked, when you look at pure points per game, they may not have always had one of the top offenses on the country, but they were a team that could run the ball down your throat. They could pass the ball when necessary. Ole Miss, I think, again, one of these teams that's going to pull off an upset along the way. Another one of those teams that maybe in live betting kind of bet against them if they've got, uh, you know, a two-touchdown lead, maybe bet with them if they're playing from behind or, you know, in the halftime lines, et cetera. But, you know, Ole Miss, some talent, they just don't have enough. They don't, they're not balanced enough on either side of the ball. Yeah, and, and, and it's a very tough situation with Ole Miss as well. You know, I, I talked earlier, that school has been under investigation from the NCAA for pretty much the last six years, and then they lose a stud head coach in Hughes Freeze, which it's just going to take a long time to recover from that. Now, The interesting thing with the Rebels is there's no bowl game. They're ineligible for a bowl. So, you know, and and you also, as you alluded to, Joe, they have a quarterback that transferred to Michigan. So they're pretty much starting over. They do have a decent offensive line. Non-conference, this is where this team is going to have to win early because they face Texas Tech, Southern Illinois, Kent State, and Louisiana Monroe. I had to throw in Louisiana. I had to do that, Joe. Uh, Three other non-conference games are winnable. So to gain confidence, they have to win those non-conference games, in my opinion. The very interesting thing about Mississippi is with the Rebels, even though they are not eligible for a bowl game, even though they lost their stud head coach, if you look at the preseason rankings, they're pretty close to Texas A&M, the team that I'm already excited about because of the coaches that I mentioned earlier. Texas A&M is probably a top 25 ranked school. Behind them in the standings is Ole Miss. They're right around where Missouri is. So Ole Miss could be a little bit of a sleeper, even though I do not expect much from them. 
And I should probably explain our little inside joke here. As I said, Oscar and I had worked together a long time on the score phones. We used to like to give him a hard time about the way he would say certain names or the way you pronounce them. Louisiana was one of them where he'd say Louisiana, of course, Oregon. And, uh, you know, the Hall of Famer, John Smalls. But, you know, so those <laughs> of you who are wondering about the inside joke, figured I'd at least explain it to them. Uh, I'm glad you explained that. Best Dark Horse Oscar, Tennessee. And I know, you know, you, you've got some, uh, you know, connections there at the uh, University of Tennessee. Rocky Top used to like some Rocky Top gamblers. But, look, uh, Tennessee, they used to, obviously, they, they were underachieving for years. A lot of people thought that they would be a contender and they would win the championship of life, but they couldn't win any SEC championships. Now Jeremy Pruitt comes in. He's going to take advantage of some, some uh, recruiting classes. Before him, and I would always, yeah, so let me say it right, Butch Jones, I'd always confuse him, and a couple other people, I'd always confuse Butch Jones and Butch Davis. Not confuse them, but say their names interchangeably. But Tennessee had some good uh, recruiting years, that, uh, but they, in, you know, they, they definitely came up short. Now you got Jeremy Pruitt coming in, a, a guy who takes over for a team that underachieved. Uh, they're going to have a good quarterback battle there. You know, you talked about transfers. Keller Chris was one of these fifth-year seniors, you know, like, like me, very intelligent uh, can can transfer, you know, if you graduate and you go, you transfer to a school that that uh, has your degree and your other school didn't. You don't have to sit out the year. So Keller Chris is is really a great transfer. But this guy, you know, Jared Garantano showed some ability as well. So I think they have two legitimate SEC quarterbacks, and they're going to have, you know, a, a very interesting competition there. If anything, maybe you could go with the two-headed monster. I think there's too much inductive reasoning rather than deductive reasoning. I've heard people say, if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. No, the reason that is, too often when you have quarterback competitions, it's because you have no clear-cut winner. But if you've got two you know, pretty talented guys that are quarterbacks and you can use them interchangeably, all of a sudden you, know, you can use that to your advantage. So Tennessee at plus 5,000, I do think, if you want to do a long shot, you know, those of you who have watched my videos over the years at OffshoreInsiders.com and have been clients of mine at OffshoreInsiders.com, you know I don't like to make the um, long range, the futures bets, because I want to make week-to-week adjustments. But I do think if you want to just plop down some lunch money, 100 bucks on Tennessee, at plus 5000 probably a pretty good uh, long shot bet. Now, they do have a very tough schedule, including a non-conference opener with West Virginia, but keep in mind, that's not going to hurt them in the SEC standing, so you might argue that's good. You know, they're going to get tested early. They'll probably be a better team after playing their regional rivals at, uh, at West Virginia. And, you know, you, I guess I'll use that term one more time, maybe at least one more time, baptism by fire, that Tennessee could enter the SEC schedule a little bit more tested than some of the other teams. So they're probably my best dark horse Tennessee, Oscar. I'll tell you what. I'm with you, Joe, on Tennessee. And one could argue they really got a break because I agree with you with Butch Jones. He was not that bad. So they go fire Butch Jones, and they try to bring on Greg Schiano, who, of course, is the Ohio State defensive coordinator. And then there is this uproar where Schiano could not get hired. So they end up with Jeremy Pruitt. Now, I talked about coaching. I'm all excited about Texas A&M in the West but I agree with you with Tennessee in the East as far as putting down $100 for them to really achieve this year. Because Jeremy Pruitt, 
he's ahead of the curve. Here's another one of these head coaches that is adaptable. I talked about Mississippi State's head coach. Here's another one that's adaptable. Jeremy Pruitt is ahead of the curve on NCAA rules changes involving transfers, involving red-shirting players. So this guy is very, very smart. He is going to bring on a lot of talent. In fact, Tennessee just landed an offensive line transfer, Brandon Kennedy, from Alabama. They stole an offensive lineman from Alabama. So I'm with you, Joe. I think Tennessee is on the uptick, and I think they're a real sleeper. You know, we got a couple teams we haven't talked about. Vanderbilt, and there's another one we used to give Oscar a hard time uh, with. He likes to say Vanderbilt. So, you know, we, you know, when you work with Oscar a long time, you pick up some idiosyncrasies. So we had a little bit of fun <laughs> with that. But there are two teams that are plus 10,000. Look, they got uh, tons of holes with, with Kyle Shermer at quarterback again. They could be dangerous as an underdog, maybe pull off, you know, one upset, two upsets before the year's out. Kentucky. Yeah, I guess they are a basketball school. I mean, they, they've had some pretty good football teams in the past, but this year is not going to be one of them. You know, I don't know if I have a ton to say about it. What, I, what I'll do is, you know, when I handicap week by week, and of course it's one of those where I could go now and look at the schedule and see some potential spots. But I think that, you know, in betting those, I'll look for both of those teams as, you know, maybe uh, when they're big underdogs, when it's a sandwich game for their opponent. And I'll be, you know, looking for those a little bit more deeply as the, the year goes on. Plus, letdowns are really based on, you know, if a, a team goes down on the wire and then wins or loses a close game the week before. So, they're going to be teams that, look, you know, you and I both like uh, underdogs. Although, in college football in recent years, I, I, as I've said, college football is the one sport where most of my systems actually favor the favorites. But still, you know, both of those teams, maybe in uh, certain spots, will be, dangerous as underdogs but you know anything you want to say about the any observations about the teams we didn't talk about more in depth including you know Vanderbilt or Kentucky well Vanderbilt and Kentucky I think are very very close right along with Tennessee but again I agree with you with Tennessee as the sleeper team these are the bottom three teams uh, from the SEC now you brought up a very very important point when you handicap teams like Kentucky and Vanderbilt you have to take it week by week because there, there is so much that we do not know about these teams. And what I like to do is look at last second offshore line moves. I, look, I like to look at what the head coaches are saying, what the players are saying, looking for motivation. And Joe, you and I have always agreed on intangible factors, not only raw statistics for games, but intangible factors that will give one side or another side an edge. And sometimes you do not find out about these until less than a week before kickoff. So teams like Kentucky and Vanderbilt are very, very tough to handicap from the outset. But as I said before, I do agree with you with Tennessee being a legitimate sleeper team. And those are probably the bottom three teams ranked in the SEC along with Arkansas. That would be the bottom four. All righty, Oscar. Well, great job today. Why don't you tell people what they can get at ocdooley.com? Well, what you can get at ocdooley.com is long-term profit because I've been doing this a long time, as Joe has said. In fact, Joe and I have worked together for a long, long time. I've been handicapping every single day since 1991. I really started in 1981. And to last a long time in this business, 
You have to achieve long-term profit. This is not something where you're going to make a fortune on the short term. So at ocdooley.com, my goal is no matter what this sport is long-term profitability and also hard work. I figure the harder you work, the luckier you get. And sometimes in sports wagering, you have to get lucky with last second developments. We've seen some bizarre endings in football over the years and it's attention to detail. And that's what you get at ocdooley.com. You get in-depth analysis on each and every game. You get last second information because I do not release plays early and you will find some of the analysis at the website at ocdooley.com. You'll, you'll find out what I am thinking about when, when I go into wagering by just reading some of the analysis segments at ocdooley.com. And of course, at offshoreinsiders.com, you'll get advanced analytics. I like to release plays uh, a lot of times early in the week when it comes to football season, beat those line moves. And look, I'm recording this video in the early stages of the World Cup, but this is a video that unless there's, you know, big injuries and whatnot that, you know, in July and August and even early in the, the college football season, you can watch. But look, if you're watching this early on, it's the best, you know, make sure you visit mybookie.ag. Best place to bet the World Cup. They got big sign-up bonuses if you use the promo code Duffy, D-U-F-F-Y. And look, we'll talk to Oscar. Maybe we'll do some more of these uh, previews. As the uh, year goes on, or really as the offseason goes on, do some previews of other conferences, and whether it's in the uh, National Football League, maybe some of the divisions or college football conferences. So make sure you subscribe. Subscribe right now to the OffshoreInsiders.com videos. If you're watching it on uh, YouTube, make sure you follow me on Twitter at OffshoreInsider. No S at the end, you know, the character limitations. And if you're listening to the podcast. You know, I said it's a simulcast. If you're listening to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a five-star review. That's your way of saying you want more of this free information. And we will talk to you soon at offshoreinsiders.com. If you're struggling with a drug or alcohol addiction, now is the time to take action and get professional help. Call Recovery Centers of America at 1-800-941-2358. You are worthy of recovery from your addiction, and calling RCA will be the first step in getting the help you need. Recovery Centers of America answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, and because safety is a top priority, all patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Their expert team of physicians and medical professionals will treat you with compassion and dignity and provide Provide an evidence-based treatment plan that's custom-tailored to your specific needs. Recovery Centers of America has detoxification and residential treatment centers across the East Coast and Midwest, and many of their treatment centers are in-network with insurance providers. So RCA's best-in-class inpatient and outpatient care, which is offered both in-person and via teletherapy, is affordable and accessible. Make this the year you conquer your addiction. Call 1-800-941-2358. 800-941-2358.